was a bit of a hired gun and, and dental supply people would call me and say, Hey, you know, Dr. XYZ is. So you were a mercenary dentist for yeah. a couple of years? Yeah, okay. kind of. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as much as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, Digital media operates from a distance, and that's not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. I'm Pastor Jason Schockman. And with us is our special guest today, Dr. Pete Shield. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Shield. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you with us. We're here, uh, Pete's here as part of our series on Christian entrepreneurship. And to, to start us off... I want to begin with a word of scripture that has a great deal to speak about why we do what we do. Genesis 1. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We pray. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 So the Lord calls us to have dominion, to, to rule. And very often in our world that, that, takes, that takes the form of, or that connotation is not benevolent <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, the Lord calls us, and we, all, we have to, in our, in our world broken by sin as it is, we have to, um, we have to add that qualifier. The Lord calls us to, to benevolent rule, but nevertheless to, to care for, uphold all those things. And I know, I know of one way in which, you know, one, your business, one, a business that you started did that, 
but I get the feeling there are some other ways that you were involved in that. So, yeah. So before we get any further down that track, Pastor O'Donnell, you know our friend Dr. Pete Shield here quite well. Uh, I'm still getting to know you. Uh, played basketball with you once and know that you're in there quite a bit and staying active. That's great. Uh, but you're a doctor. So, Pete, what kind of doctor are you? Just a dentist. Did you? <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> movie, movie quote from uh, Hangover. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a dentist. Right. Um, so you have a business with dentistry or had a business with dentistry at the heart of it. So that's one of the things we'll talk about. But you have other business adventures as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I retired from dentistry almost seven years ago now, um, and a convergence of factors led me to start writing. So I have a writing business. I've published two books, and I've got a third that's coming out on a sequel to this to the second that's coming out on November twenty eighth, which Pastor O'Donnell helped me with a key scene in the in the book because um, he's a bit of a writer too. Yes, he is. Play around a little bit. Yeah, nothing published. Very, uh, very good Yet. writer, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May come from some of the work he's done, <laughs> over, you know, over the over, years, over the past couple of decades. Because yeah. we pastors never write anything. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> what well, what is so? Let's let's start with the dentistry business, mm-hmm. and then maybe work backwards and forwards in our time together. What what did you call the business? Shield Family Dentistry. And so, why did you call it that? Um, it had my name in it, so it would be recognizable. Um, I, I've always, you know, enjoyed family life and having a family. And so I wanted to make sure that, uh, family was broadcasted into the type of patient I wanted to attract. Yeah. Cause you could have chose, you could have chosen Oconomowoc mm-hmm. dentistry or, you know, yeah, or or other forms of dentistry. You could you 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 didn't go into orthodontics or some other. You wanted to do. Yeah, I actually had an opportunity to go to in, into pediatric dentistry back in the late '80s. I had a scholarship to go to Boston University on a uh, to do pediatric dentistry, which uh, thankfully the Lord, you know guided me uh, to stay with general dentistry. But, um, yeah, so um, I, I did a little bit of everything. And you, you wanted the family stuff. I mean, you called you called it. I, was it always Shield Family Dentistry or was it something else? Well, when I first came, uh, so when I first graduated, I worked for a guy in Madison for a couple of years. And um, for a number of reasons, uh, that was not a good fit. I uh, came to Oconomowoc, started to work with one of my uh, professors, um, really answered a blind ad in the WDA journal. And um, that, I assume that's the Wisconsin Dental Association. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, and um, practice grew leaps and bounds. We brought in a third guy, and we got to a point where we couldn't agree on a number of different things, most certainly the direction of the practice. And 
Um, so I went out on my own and started Shield Family Dentistry. And that's a big deal. You'd been a number of years in. I, mm-hmm. I, I imagine, was there some uh, graduate school debt you were still working from, or was um, that done? That was, let's see, that would have been done by then because I rolled it into my first house mortgage in the early 90s. <laughs> okay. But when I took out student loan debts, they were at, you know, that was... 81, 82, 83, 19% interest, 21% interest on my student loans. Wow. So when people when people are screaming about, you know, 4 and 5%, it's like, really? You know. <laughs> so, um, wow. Yeah. Exactly. So 1997 was the October 1st, 1997 was the birth of Shield Family Dentistry. So what is it what is it about family dentistry that appealed to you? I think just um, the nature of the family. I mean, I, I grew up in, a, I had, you know, fond memories of my childhood. I, I think that um, I loved being a dad um, and um, extended family was always important to me. And, you know, the cool thing is by, by the time I um, retired, I had three and four generation families there. So the cultivation of those lineages, um, we were doing something right, you know, to keep people coming back. And um, and, the, and the people that I had working for me, we were all pulling in the same direction. They believed in the vision that I had. And so... So talk about that. What, what was the vision? You've said this or something like it a couple times already. What was the vision that you had? How would you articulate it? I would say that it was distilled down to treat people the way you would want to be treated. Um, you know, we uh, worked really hard. There was opportunities where we played really hard um, as, you know, a team. And um, there was just a like-mindedness, I guess. Um, they, you know, I, I tried to set, boundaries with the staff where communication was always very important because most problems in life, um, but certainly in a business setting are related to communication. And so being able to set, uh, boundaries, this is what we're going to do. These are our goals. You know, it was, um, we make our goals. Everybody wins. When you talk about your team, who are you talking about? Dental assistants, dental hygienists, um, my accountant, uh, anybody that had their hand in the business, um, in the business's success. Pete, were you the only dentist? I, I was up until, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had uh, about five years before I retired. Um, I had um, a longtime girlfriend pass away, uh, one of my neighbors who I coached youth sports with, uh, passed away. A guy that I played basketball with at the UW passed away. Mm. Um, a periodontist dental school classmate, um, passed away. So I, I had like within a very short period of time, reality hit me like right between the eyeballs. And it's like, and, and so at that time when that was going on, you realized I, I, I can't do this solo, at least as the only dentist anymore. Well, uh, partially, uh, the idea was to start, uh, we had a succession plan. 
my accountant business person and I sat down for a succession plan. And part of that was to get somebody else in saying, here, there's going to be an opportunity to, to buy the practice or buy in. And so I had, uh, one associate, um, who I liked very much, but she ended up going back to Indianapolis to start her own practice. And then, um, the next associate I had, which again, um, I got a letter, a form letter in the mail saying that there was a husband and wife in the Lake country area that was interested in uh, joining a practice and potentially buying in. I mean, most of that stuff I just throw away. I don't even open it. This one I happen to open. And so, you know, I have a, I, I have a curiosity. Yeah. How is, how is founding and operating a, a, a dental business different because I, I know you have you have all kinds of friends who are businessmen business people of various sorts how is founding and operating a dental business different or is it than than what your experience is with from your other friends I don't know that it is um, you're certainly dealing in a more intimate setting and you're dealing with with health care you know, like real live tissue and you know, emotion and, um, intensity. Uh, you so, so you have that, but I assume you also, you also have a very different regulatory environment. Uh, yeah. Because of that. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, I guess I can't speak for, for other businesses to know what their accountability level is, but I think, um, you know, now that I'm serving on the dental examining board for the state, um, I realize that there is, um, quite a bit of scrutiny and, you know, continuing education credits, um, you know, things like that. So, so when you get started, you, you, I mean, you had been in practice with somebody else, you decide to hang out your own, your own Mm -hmm. shingle as shield family dentistry. Mm -hmm. Your faith plays a role in this, right? It's a, it's a leap of, I mean, it's, even even outside of the Christian faith is a leap of faith to hang out your own shingle. Yeah. But how do, how does your Christian faith influence that decision to go on your own yeah. and, and then to operate? Yeah. Well, I'll back up a step. Sure. It really influenced my step my step to go to leave the partnership I was in, which at the time seemed like you know a terrible experience in my life. You know, lawsuits back and forth, and a year of legal fees. You had a bitter and, business breakup. Yeah, um, business divorce, bitter business uh, divorce. Um, but I will tell you now, looking back, it was one of the most, the best things that ever happened in my life. Um, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, you know, across the board. And so I guess the lesson that I learned there was all good things come to those who believe. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. Um, and then... Um, I think that's Romans eight twenty eight, folks. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, starting my own practice, I knew one of the reasons I left, um, and we had a breakup was I, I knew what I knew how it, sh- it should be done. I knew what I was capable of both clinically and, um, you know, serving the people that came to our practice, uh, serving in the community, those kinds of things. And so, um, that 
you know, fast forward, it wasn't, it was definitely a leap of faith because I had, I had an empty book, you know, I mean, I had nothing. I will say that uh, my first patient was Don Meyer. You're, uh, you're good. You're a good friend. Yeah. So did <laughs> you, so you had to start a whole new clientele, clientele patient list, whatever. Pretty, pretty much, but it wasn't, you know, um, my covenant not to compete was up like maybe in like, let's say, you know, beginning of September. So I wasn't going to be scheduled to open till the beginning of October. So I had a big sign out in front of the building saying, I'm going to open, you know, as, um, in the, I think it's, uh, pro healthcare now, or maybe it's Rogers, uh, down along 67. Anyway, it was very visible location. Um, some of the people that I worked with at the old office, um, I said, you know, if you're happy, stay, if you'd like to have a conversation and see what we got going on down the road, um, I'd like to talk to you. So I was able to get a handful of people that, uh, believed in me enough to, to leave their, um, steady job and, and, and take a risk on me, which was very and flattering. My guess, Pete, is that it, it wasn't, it wasn't just that, but they had experienced life in this other business practice and like you knew there was something else, something different. So when you said, I'm going to do this other thing, they knew who you were and they agreed with you that there's maybe a better way or a different way to go about this. And, and I will, I will also say that, um, looking back now, the people that came with me were people of faith mm-hmm. and I wasn't, you know, thumping the Bible necessarily in the, in the dental office, but I think they saw the way I conducted myself. And so, um, you know, I think that was also a big part of what, my, my success and their transition. So when when you decide to hang out your own shingle as Shield Family Dentistry, you put a sign out front of the of the new building where you're going to locate. You have to order all the equipment, all the regulatory stuff you have to go through, licensure stuff, hiring employees, uh, all that. But... Do you advertise? Was this word of mouth? You know, how, I, how did you? I think it was mostly word of mouth. Um, I we never left. Uh, you know, during my um, covenant not to compete, it was two years, and so I was a bit of a hired gun. And and dental supply people would call me and say, "Hey, you know, Doctor X Y Z is." So you were a mercenary dentist for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, okay. kind of. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, talk about paths is it as yet untrod, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was going everywhere from Muskego to Sun Prairie to Madison. Um, actually had a buy sell agreement with a guy in Mad on the west side of Madison, over by Hilldale, and um, signed sealed. You know, we were going to move to Madison, and he came back in like that was on a Friday. He came back in on Monday and said, I can't, "I'm not ready to. I can't do this." You can't sell. You can't sell. Had to be pretty temp. The listeners wouldn't necessarily know, but you have a pretty close connection with Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, right. I mean, hometown. As, my parents still live there. All that. As he sits here wearing a UW. Yeah, Madison. Well, well there is tell, that. Tell our tell our shirt. listeners where you went to high school. 
Well, I don't use the name of the high school anymore because of some bonds that were severed. Um, but well, it's on the east side. Why don't you? <laughs> you? Well, you also had a significant athletic career. Can I say the word? Sure. So you went to Madison LaFollette High School. Yeah. And were part of a team that was successful, the right. basketball team. Yes. And how was in mild? How successful yeah. was this basketball team? We, uh, my senior year, we won the state tournament. Yeah, and you were you were the uh, high scorer. What? <laughs> <laughs> we got him to say it. So Pete Pete's famous in church league basketball for for being an abyss when he gets the basketball pistol. Right. Pete, <laughs> you give him the ball and you won't get it back. Well, you might, you might, you might, but only if we're ahead, ahead by a lot. If it's game right. point, you're not yeah, going to get it back. Absolutely not going to get it back. No. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way. That's just the way it is. <laughs> I, just, I don't apologize. And we we I'm all not know. Apologizing for no, not passing. We're not asking you to. Yeah, we all know. That's the way it goes. Well, some of your listeners may have an idea to, that that maybe I should apologize, but I'm not going to. I won too many championships. Well, so apologize. that I mean, it's interesting because. Well, he pulled the plug on that, so you didn't have that opportunity. You can see why that would be, uh, you know, one can see why that would be appealing to you. Who, who he? You, whoever the guy you had the sign and the the sign the deal with that backed out. Oh not to yeah, sell yeah, the yeah. Practice. No, I mean, uh, the you know again, I, there are so many signposts along the way that you know God has put me where He needed me, as I like to tell my kids. Um, yeah. That uh, is all part of the plan. So I have no regrets about any of it. Um, it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. Yeah. That, well, I, I'm interested on that now since we opened the basketball. Yep. <laughs> since we opened that can of worms. <laughs> sure. <laughs> how how did your because you you don't just become typically. The leading scorer, the, on the, the, state le the leading, the leading scorer. Team. You don't become a state championship basketball team just by happenstance. Yeah, that doesn't happen by accident. There's usually a combination of talent, discipline, drive, <laughs> yeah. some drive, some leadership. How how did that experience? Because I I had a great, I had I had a really fabulous, not a state championship, but close in football and basketball, um, and absolutely formed. The rest of my life, just the on a host of levels. I'm curious. I'm curious how that basketball success, as you look back, how it impacted your your practice, your view of life, and so forth. You know, I think on a certain well, uh, friendships. You know, um, cemented for life. You know, I still hang out with some of the guys that played football and basketball with. Um, did I mention we were conference champs in football too? I don't know if I, I didn't. Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, th I think just giving you confidence, I remember, um, you know, after the tournament and at the different pep rallies and, you know, dinners where, you know, we were honored or, uh, whatever our coach said two things that stuck out to me. One, one is we, we think, we think there's no better classroom than performing in front of 12,000 people. Um, and uh, the second was um, when we got after the game Saturday night, 
And what people today need to understand is there wasn't any AAU. You know, there was pickup games at the Y. There was pickup games at the playground, you know, wherever behind the uh, elementary school. Uh, So the state tournament was, was the show. And there was plenty of times when, you know, it was on in the Friday afternoon session would be on in the classroom, you know, in, in grade school and middle school. Cause you know, you were watching sp- sports and the very well, height of high school basketball. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, he said that, uh, so, uh, we go back to the high school and we're getting ready to go th- through the gym into the commons where all the, everybody, you know, it was like a post game pep rally in the cafeteria and commons. And, uh, he stopped us and said, you know, there'll be time when life will not be fair and and not treat you right, uh, but you can always look back on this experience as as a time when you were a champion. You know, there's lots of winners in sports, but there's really very few champions. Yes. And so um, I think that uh, that experience opened the door because then I was invited to walk on at the UW for the varsity reserve program. I was probably going to go there anyway, but I had other inquiries from other smaller schools and stuff. And um, so I think it just was part of a maturation into, you know, growing self-confidence and belief in yourself, you know, so um, I don't know that it was necessarily a direct cause and effect, but it certainly played a role in that maturation. I would say doesn't surprise doesn't surprise me doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I, th- I think yeah, there's there's probably some experiences even before the high school championship that also play into you hanging up a shingle called Shield Family Dentistry. Uh, and I think we're going to come back to those, uh, and then, and then jump into the things that you're doing now, uh, in part two. Uh, but this is probably a good moment to press pause, uh, and say, listeners, please come back and listen as we talk with Pete Shield about life and Christ and all things. For show notes and other information about Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in All Things to you as a gift. But it's not free to produce and distribute. So if you'd like to help us make Christ in All Things a self-supporting show and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristInAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ in all things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. You love those way too much, and I still can't believe you bought them. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping. And a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping. And a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate more than that, 
Well, fly us wherever you want, and we will record Christ in all things at your chosen location. Within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports Youth Ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or the old-fashioned way, give us a call, 262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.